श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय कंतरा श्रीमद् भागवतम की जय सो रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद् भागवतम फर्स्ट कैंटो सेकंड चैप्टर टुडे वी कम टू वर्स 8 एंड इन दिस सेक्शन ऑफ द भागवतम द क्वेश्चंस एस्क्ड बाय द सेजेस इन चैप्टर 1 आर बीइंग आंसर्ड the answers continue over a few chapters and the questions and answers the questions posed there and the answers that follow more or less make up the bhagavatam throughout <clears throat> and here in this section the first question that the sage first couple of questions really that the sage is asked are being answered and they asked about what the best occupation for human society is what what uh, the scripture says as the um, best engagement so forth this kind of thing and of course the answer is bhakti hmm? prem bhakti um sadhana bhakti prem bhakti hmm. prem bhakti prem prayojan hmm. so in two verses now we've heard what the best occupation for human society is survive pum sapar dharma eto bhakti dhokshi oi tuki apati hataya yatna sam prasidati vasudevi bhagavati bhakti yoga prayojita janyati ashubhayagyam gyanam chayara oi tuka the learned bhakti was unmotivated and uninterrupted and not mean covered by gyan or karma and it's uh, its own cause causeless its own cause it um <clears throat> it uh with regard to renunciation and uh and knowledge which are very much uh, honored and respected in uh in the society um these things were made small of in the second verse describing pure devotion in a sense by way of saying that that by the execution of bhakti by bringing one's senses in touch with the descent of bhakti one's mind and intelligence that uh, very quickly knowledge and renunciation come of their own and a special kind of knowledge of course is part and parcel of bhakti knowledge of the lord's form and qualities and leelas and so forth and philosophy that uh, in our sampradaya the philosophical canvas of chintaveda beta that the whole of krishna leelas is drawn upon And that kind of knowledge and and detachment has its own kind of detachment to it detachment of things that are not renunciation as it says they have things that are not favorable to bhakti so they're not interested in gyan and 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 and, and vairagyas pass unto themselves but vasudevi bhagavati bhakti yoga prayojita so having said that we come to tonight's verse and so we find now some contrast we heard what bhakti is what the highest dharma is now he says dharma sunustita pumsam vishvakshena kathasuyat nutpodayad yadiratim sramayevi kevalam here he says text 8 that that which is generally thought to be dharma is not what we're talking about 
if we were talking about that dharma, the general idea of dharma is to follow the varnashram, where the religious ideal, social religious ideal is given <clears throat> to be a religious person, to do your duty in terms of your psychophysiological makeup, which corresponds with the different modes of nature, which then corresponds with different duties given in the scripture by which engaging in you will feel some material balance and and you will make uh, you'll be pious you'll avoid impiety you'll be pious you'll go to heaven you'll uh, acquire materially um, and so forth this is the general idea of dharma and the background of that somewhere is that and you know in due course if you do it all right you'll become interested in in brahman and and he'll take sannyas and give up then the, the dharma and attain mukti. These are the general ideas. So, prem prayojan, that is a revolutionary idea. That's what's been brought up here. It said, this is the occupation that hum, of hum, main occupation for human society. So much so here that in tonight's verse, when bringing up the general idea of dharma, uh, Sutta Goswami says, that if this dharma were valuable, it would give a taste for harikata, vishvaksena katasuya. But if it doesn't, if by engaging in varnashram and the general sense of dharma, you don't get a taste, if you don't get ruchi, a taste for bhakti, for hearing and chanting about the Lord, then Srama Ivahi Kebulam said it's a useless waste of time. And it, what would, if we understand this verse properly, we'll understand what it's saying. It's not saying that if you perform the Varnashram properly, then you'll get a taste. And if you get a taste, then your Varnashram has not been a waste of time. No. It's saying... Varnashram is a waste of time because it doesn't give a taste for Hari Bhakti. <laughs> if it would, it wouldn't be, but this is pretty much what it's saying. We know that pious activity following the Varnashram does not beget Bhakti. We've already learned. We've already learned in, 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 in the verse that followed that, the last verse, that Janiyatiyashu Vairagam Jnanam Chaira Hoitukam. Jnanam Hoitukam. Jnanam Hoitukam means that knowledge is part of bhakti that has its own cause. It's not caused by anything else. Bhakti causes bhakti. Again, very simply, what causes bhakti? If we were to look at it from many different angles, we might say, well, the association of devotees who have bhakti causes bhakti. But then we're reminded that association with devotees is bhakti. It is an anga of bhakti. So if you chase this around, you'll see only bhakti is bhakti. It's like an adi. 
<laughs> it's one of those things that, uh, it, it, you know, we want a beginning. Hmm. We're discussing this a little bit on the harmonist. The mind, the material mind, wants to trace out beginnings, origins, causes, to know and and uh, and then uh, capture thereby. So this thirst for knowing, hmm, um, that uh, should be quenched by sadhana. The thirst that is of the intellect for knowing. The self may want to know itself. Hmm? Sometimes I've said that material existence, human life is a big why. Why am I? What, what is the meaning? What is the purpose of life? Why am I? Okay, as Sanatana Prabhu put it to Chaitanya Dev, okay, Why do I have to suffer the threefold miseries of material existence? Okay, who am I? So this why question in that sense is the soul speaking, searching for itself. But the... But the the satisfaction of the intellect hmm, will not be arrived at other than through bhakti. That is also yayatma samprasidati. I mean, superstiti means the intellect will be satisfied by bhakti. Is, and we've talked about it how it means the, the, the atma, that the body means atma means body, atma means mind, atma means intellect, atma means soul, atma means the paramatma. With regard to intellect, you see, intellect will never be satisfied by exercising itself, unto itself. Hmm? It will be satisfied by bhakti. Hmm? Bhakti stops that idle curiosity of the intellect and the, the, the want of it, the drive of it, to bring that which cannot be brought within its grip. Hmm? Um, uh, this, is, this is what intellect wants. Intellect wants to arrest the whole, hmm? the infinite to know it, to conquer it, and so forth. But it lies beyond the limits of the intellect. The soul itself does what to speak of the Paramatma, Bhagavan, the Godhead. So this thirst of the intellect, we are slaves to the mind, we are slurs to the slaves to the senses. We're also slaves to the intellect, but the intellect is so subtle that we, we in the, it apparently in the context of pursuing our self-interest, we can become slaves to the intellect. This origins question is an example. Can't put it down. We have to have an origin. There has to be a beginning to karma. So the Shastra says, no. As far as your beginning questions, Shastra says, beginningless, end of discussion. Hmm? And you go, but wait, <laughs> I want more. I, I, this is the drive of the intellect, only to only only engaging us in its service. Engage your intellect in the service of the scripture, hmm? in understanding what the scriptural argument is. That will stop the 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 drive of the intellect unto itself. It should stop there. There are things that you cannot know. Hmm? So, we want to know about beginnings, and the Shastra says there is no beginning. So it's a non-question. It's not a spiritual question. That's what Scripture is saying. The ex- that is that is the explanation. Of this idea of the jiva. That the explanation is anadi, anadi karma. What's the beginning of the world? Anadi. There's no beginning. What's the beginning of the soul? Anadi. There's no beginning. But <laughs> no buts. This is what the Scripture is saying. So. The, and, 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 and then do sadhana. So this Shastra seeks to, to 
give a good blow, Bhagavad especially to the intellect, hmm? to knock it out, so to speak, so that it stops harassing uh, the, the self. Hmm? This doesn't mean that we become stupid. We use our intellect, as I say, to understand the Shastric argument. Here's an example. We can say, well, anadi means a long time. I mean, it has, you know, somewhere, way back, you know, those are preaching arguments. If you can't take it all at once, something like that, that the scripture says. No, it's a non-question. And so, what to do? Sadhana. Do bhakti. Then a kind of super knowing will be arrived at. Where it's where anadi is not a problem, hmm? where the idea that bhakti has no cause is not a problem. You want to trace it out. What's the cause of the cause? No, bhakti causes itself. Hmm? As the Lord is independent, so bhakti, constituted with shakti, is independent. Hmm? So, uh, so ganam hoitukam. We heard this. This kind of knowledge, causeless knowledge, causeless. Uh, and a special kind of renunciation in relation to bhakti, putting renunciation in an alien of itself and and, uh, and knowledge in and of itself outside the realm of bhakti, a small thing, not not uh, not an anga of bhakti. So now, what to speak of dharma, hmm? which isn't intelligent and involves no renunciation. I was giving a lecture, I asked to give a lecture at uh, Dristan Rudrani's abode, and the topic was how to love God. How do you love God? So I quoted from Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, Madbhakto. This is the conclusion of the Gita. Love me. Always think of me means to love me, become my devotee. And then the next verse he tells how to do that. And he says, he says, if you want to love God, throw out religion. That's what he says. That'll be popular today. Hmm? Get rid of religion. Sarvadharman hmm? Purityaja. Echoing at the Bhagavad says in its opening lines, Dharma Projita Kaita Utra. Same thing. Reject religion. And by the way, reject Renunciation, too, hmm? unto itself. Hmm? It means the gyan mark, the desire for mukti. And this also comes up in that Gita verse. Moksha yashami masucha. Moksha will be accomplished. You don't have to worry about it. Hmm? He says, there'll be no sins. Hmm? Come to me. Hmm? Forget dharma. You won't incur any sin for that. Hmm? which would ordinarily impede your pursuit of moksha, the culmination of Varnashram Dharma. You won't get any sin for that. And and moksha yashami masucha, more or less saying, and moksha will be there as a, as a byproduct of that. Mami hmm? come. So how to love God? Hmm? Not by karma, not by jnana, hmm? but by bhakti. Karma means action, right? So you can have action, that's not knowledgeable. Hmm? Or you can have knowledge that does away with action. Hmm? 
So. Bhakti, then. Bhakti means love. So, in love there is action, and in love there is knowledge. In action, there may be no knowledge, and in knowledge, no action. In bhakti, we have action, knowledge, and something more than that. Bhakti gives meaning to knowledge and to action. There are like two streams from the Himalayas. If they connect with the mainstream of bhakti, the Ganges, they will make it to the Bay of Bengal and have meaning. Otherwise, not. So here, with regard to dharma, same idea as in the Gita. Sarva diamond prityaja. Vibarnashram, this is not the dharma, he says, that we're talking about. It is parodharma, it's bhakti, and by contrast, it's not, he's emphasizing, the ordinary idea of dharma that everybody knows about. This is the Panchamo Purushara, this is the fifth goal of life. Practically nobody knows about it. It's a special dispensation. This is the New Testament hmm? of the Vedic literature. This retires the whole rest, all the other, the rest of it. Hmm? Karma, Dharma has its utilization and Gyan its utilization for people that don't know about bhakti and don't have eligibility for bhakti. But if in the context, but in the context of awakening faith in bhakti, then we have to speak about karma, marg, and the, the dharma marg and 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 gyan marg in ways that are on. That appear um, sectarian or to minimize these things, but we're careful about this because they are paths, they have value for those who don't have bhakti. But by in relation to bhakti, which is the real value, by comparison, they're a waste of time. Hmm? The desire for these things is the real problem. Otherwise, the paths themselves, they have been enunciated by the Lord. But again, this is the New Testament, so it retires the law. Hmm? And it speaks throughout the book very, very strongly about this. Hmm? It picks up, like I say, where the Gita leaves off. This is where the Gita leaves off. Forget about Dharma. Hmm? Here we find it out in the beginning of the, the Bhagavatam. The Dharma we're talking about here is not this Varnashram Dharma. No. In the Padma Purana, Krishna says something like this. If in the context of doing bhakti, you sin, then then you'll be a saint. If you have to sin for the sake of bhakti, then you remain saintly. And if you don't commit sin and live a completely pious life, but there's no connection with bhakti, then you're sinful. (laughs) <laughs> Look at the examples. Prahlad gave up his father. He didn't obey his father. That's against the Dharma. Hmm? He was a bhakta. He did not. He did. He disobeyed his father. How how large does that loom hmm? in Prahlad's life? He celebrated all over the religious world hmm? for not following his father. Right? Mm-hmm. Because in the context of not following his father, he was following Vishnu. Mm-hmm. 
So to disobey your father, you know, this is a big thing. This is in Dharma Shastra. This father's like the like a guru. <laughs> you know, he's to be. He served the son, so that the son can serve him. So that when he leaves the world, the son will perform the shraddha ceremony. He'll be saved and go to the Pritrilok and whatever. So uh, this is a big part of Dharma. You know, in India, this, this idea is very, very prominent. It used to be so in America too. I don't think it's the same so much these days, but with all the broken families and whatnot, but it used to be like that. It's strong, and and we won't. If it doesn't go against bhakti, then we'll honor it. We'll we'll, we'll expect that you honor your father, your mother, and so forth. But if in, if in doing so we have to disrespect bhakti, you forget them. So that's the idea. You know, the story of Keshav Maharaj, he was at the Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur's moth, and it was news came that his his, his mother was dying. Hmm? In India, if you want to get on a train, you want to get on a plane, and you're in a hurry, you just pull us out the court, mother, mother's dying. And it's like you got a note, and it'll just let you to the front of the line, and everybody's out of the way. Let him go, you know. Motherhood is big, you know, big thing. That's a secret. Uh, mother's dying. I never did it. <laughs> so, uh, at any rate, he, he got the message, and he, but he, did, he hid in the ashram inside of a barrel or something like that. Because he knew that if Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur heard, he'd say, well, you should go you know, and honor your mother. But he knew also, he knew, that if he went, his mother would ask him to marry as a last deathbed request, and he would have to leave the moth. So, he didn't go. <laughs> so, it's, it becomes a glorious thing, actually. So, Prahlad gave up his father, uh, Bharata. Hmm? Bharata, brother of Ram, hmm? gave up his mother. Hmm? What was her name? Koshalya. Was it Koshalya was the one? or uh, One of the wives of... Uh, Dasarath, Kekai, Kaike, Kaike, excuse me, yeah. That uh, uh, became uh, jealous of Ram and wanted the kingdom to be given to Bharat, and she became affected by bad association. Mm-hmm. And so the king had offered her a benediction because of something she had done. Forgive me for my lack of acquaintance with Ram Leela in detail, but. Um, uh, Ram, uh, so anyway, she pu- pulled this request, this this promise of the king out, just before the coronation of Ram, and said, "I want my son Bara to be the king, and Ram will be banished to the forest." And this co- caused the death of Dasarath, the thought of that Ram wouldn't be the king and that he would be banished to the forest and so forth. All this by bad association, and so. What did Bharata do? He, re- he renounced his mother. Hmm. Prahlad renounced his father. Bharata renounced his mother. Hmm? Bibishan, Bibishana, Bibishana. He renounced his brother. Hmm? Ravana turned him in. Hmm? He went and uh, went against Ravana in the war between Ram and Ravana. Then Bibishan came on the side of Ram. 
So he went against his brother, his own flesh and blood. <laughs> the gopis, they gave up their, their husbands and their fathers and their mothers and the children and everything. <laughs> they gave up the whole thing. Hmm? And they're glorious for this. Hmm? We take it out. You know, the other thing, what is his name? And uh, Bali. Bali went against his guru. For the pleasure of Vishnu, Sukracharya gave him advice that it was not to serve Vamana, Vishnu, and he rejected it and served him anyway. So all these people are glorious for this. We didn't even think about it much, right? We just think they did bhakti, they did bhakti. Here's how they crossed over the Dharma. All these family obligations, all these will be honored in the Dharma Shastra, so there's nothing. To cross over that, to reject that in the name of bhakti is to be pious and to pursue that at the cost of bhakti. However well one does so, this is what the verse says here, is to be impious. It is srama evikivalam, a complete waste of time. What strong language this Bhagavatam has, you see. Now some people may say that it's possible that and we see that people in the context of Barnashram, they do get some interest in bhakti. Hmm? And so they will think that it seems like for some people it's a cause. But actually, Vishnu Thakur's commented, no, this is not the case. Smart people in the Dharma mark know that they're really not going to get success in Dharma unless they show some affection for Bhagwan. Hmm? So they engage in activities that, that appear like affection, but their motive is by factoring some bhakti into their varnashram. That the varnashram and the, 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 their material desires, they'll be successful in achieving them. Hmm? So this is not real bhakti. It doesn't come out of bhakti. Doesn't come out of varnashram like that. Hmm? No. So srama eva hi kevalam, waste of time. So. This is a very uh, um, strong point. It's a good point to make in this day and age when, again, like I said, I was asked to give that talk, how do you love God? And I answered that. I was asked to give another talk when the, the topic was, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Which is, we did an article like that on The Harmonist, and I think that's where our host got the idea from. And so everybody in the room was going, yeah, yeah, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious, kind of, you know, more or less was the the mood among such people. So, um, here, the idea of bhakti, this is the heart of the religious ideal. Hmm? If we look at the religious ideals, then they culminate in bhakti. This dharma marg, it's, it's, think of, see, see how meaningless it is, how absolutely meaningless it is. On the part of a, a, a a spark of consciousness, the Jivatma, the Jivatma, hmm, is asking God for things. And God is thinking, oh my God, you want things which have nothing to do with you, what to speak of me. Hmm? If you were interested in yourself, well, you know, you'd be coming kind of in my direction because you're consciousness and I'm consciousness. But instead, you're, you, a spark of consciousness, are asking me, the source of consciousness, for things, for, for material things, that inanimate things. Hmm? 
but just the pleasure of the senses. This is like has nothing to do with you. And then you call it religion. Hmm? What a small idea this is. How, 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 how small. Hmm? And Bhagavatam later on it will say also. And Gyan doesn't look good either without Bhakti. Hmm? What is that verse? Ashobhati Gyanam Alam Nilam Narada to Vyas. It's coming up in a couple of chapters. He says, Chaktvasvadharmam charanam bhujam hariya bhajanapam. No, that's a different one. Not put it, anyway. Naganam alam nilanjanam. He says, and gyan does not look good either. Hmm? Without bhakti, that's the other side. Just like from one polar opposite to the other. One person wants to take and get madder. The other guy says, okay, I can't take, I can't own it. Then, um, why? It, 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 you know, you, karma mark is like asking God to help you suffer. You know? <laughs> That's what it's about. Yeah. But give me, give me things and uh, help me to get things and, and attachment to things is ignorance and ignorance is the cause of suffering. What a poor excuse for religion this is. And gyan is that, oh, things cause suffering. So, dear God, take away the things. I don't want to suffer. One wants to suffer, and one doesn't want to suffer. These are the two polar opposites. And this isn't interest Bhagwan at all. Well, Gyan might, you think, well, a little bit, he doesn't want to suffer. Okay, well, that's a little smarter. But is he any more interested in me? Really? Actually, no, he's not. Hmm? All he says, I don't want to suffer. That's, even if it means never ever seeing you or doing a damn thing for you. Hmm? I'll do something if you stop my suffering. And once it's stopped, I'll never do anything again for you. This is the Gyan mark. So these things don't bring us close to God. Bhagavatam wants to bring us close. Bhagavatam teaching us how to love God. Well, it's simple. You do things, you become interested in the things God is interested in. And what's he interested in? Himself. He should be interested in himself. Because <laughs> he's very interesting. Hmm? Yeah. It's just like both of these ideas of religion, especially the Dharma Mark, they want God to orbit around us. Hmm? That's all. It's like if we take the analogy of the sun. So the sun is God. So, okay, the sun comes up, shines down. From the sun we get light, we get heat, we get food. Right? You can't have food without sun, and the sun produces rain. Also, we can't have food without rain. Um, so, sun is God. What kind of God is that sun? The God who gives us everything we want. How central is God to your life? Well, you know, he's really important because he gives us the things that we need, but we're really what's important. God's our servant, in other words. So if we take the same example of the sun in the bhakti context, we think, yes, God provides everything. That's good. We don't have to think about that. He will provide. The more that we think about him, the more so he will provide. We're interested in the life of the sun, the nuclear explosions that are going on there. Hmm? 
at the center, like huge explosions. What kind of life is that in there? Somebody told me that physicist Stephen Hawking said he believed there could be life on the sun, some kind of life. Um, so there is, uh, of course, and to use the analogy then. So, so, so Bhagwan's providing everything, the God's providing, but what about his own life? This is what Bhagavatam is about. This is what the pro-dharma is about. This is what satisfies the supreme atma. Interest in him, bhakti means to be interested in him. What, it, what, is the, what are the nuclear explosions of the, of the Godhead's life that, uh, that uh, everything is just kind of an... We, we don't understand it, but it has to do with that. <laughs> At the center are these ecstatic explosions of Krishna exploring himself and so forth. And the world goes into sorrow. Something happened in Golok. Hmm? This is uh, Vipralamba. And then they come to union and the world feels joy. And we think it's this, for this reason and that reason and that reason. Hmm? It's just like if you asked why, why something happened. Uh, Gorbijai sent me a video of a famous scientist. He was asked something like, "Why, why does a neg- negative magnet attract a positive magnet?" And he said, "Well, you know, why?" And he went, "You know, this." And then he, had, he answered that. He said, "But why does that happen? But why does that happen? But why does that happen?" <laughs> so he was showing the kind of the absurdity of the, of the question. But why does that happen? In other words, he would give a well because one's negative and one's positive. Why? Why does a negative attract a positive? Hmm? I mean, so he's explaining that you, your, your ant, the, the answer will be satisfying if you have a certain base of knowledge. Otherwise, it won't. Hmm? And so then he has to keep asking why, and keep asking why, and keep asking why. Hmm? It's <laughs> so anyway, so you keep asking why. He would go deeper and deeper and deeper, and wherever you go, there's still a why and so forth. So anyway, if you plumb the whole thing out, you come to this is happening in Krishna Leela. So the nuclear explosions on the sun, you know, have bearing on our our lives, something like that. And then why Krishna Leela? Well, there's no why to that. That is because it's just Leela. Leela means. There's no reason to it, hmm? for its own sake only. Hmm? So this is the whole idea of bhakti. We have to think the Godhead has a purpose, which is a no no purpose purpose, and we're we're part of that. Hmm? That doesn't compute with us very well. Hmm? But when we digest that, then then we can understand. It. Everything without understanding everything. Mm-hmm. Unknown, and Shri Ramaji used to like to say, un, uh, unknown and unknowable. So, yeah. Yeah. so, so anyway, here some rejection of the Dharma Marg. So, by, again, by contrast, we've said that there's, there's a special kind of Dharma. And in order to fully explain that Dharma, that Pro Dharma, that is Bhakti, which again is not what. It's there in the scripture, but people aren't interested in it. That's why the Bhagavatam was written. Vyas wrote about it in a general way and in in with the different texts. And to satisfy the religious mind of the people, which is on different levels. But the interest in bhakti, this idea is very, very kind of rare. Hmm. Sudurlabh. 
so it didn't write about it much. And, and Narada criticized it. Well, just write directly about it. That's what the book is doing here. It's coming out and saying, this is the pro-dharma. We've got to emphasize it. People don't understand it. Hmm? And to help you understand it, it's not this. What you think is dharma is a dharma. How's that? <laughs> hmm? and the Trishnas Kavidas, he has his famous verse, Vande Shri Krishna Chaitanya Sahodita Godadai Pushpabanto Chitro Samdo Tamonudo. He's giving Samdo, the whole do, Samdo, do, giving the full thing, this Gornatai, and it is Prem. And the Tamo Nudo, the darkness that it's rejecting, he says, I see, he says, Tarnam I call it cheating. It takes the form of Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha, Vansha. Desire for Dharma, Karma, Tatama, uh, Artha, Moksha. Hmm. These, these desires, they're all the cheating of the self. This should be um, rejected. So this is the way Bhagavatam works. He wants to positively um, state the position of Ahituki Bhakti, and then by contrast, this is what it's not. The thing that, and it happens to be the thing that looms large as like how to please God. See how revolutionary this is in the Gita. You want to please God, give up religion. So, what is the time? <laughs> Eight o'clock. Any question? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you said earlier, it kind of struck me, it's just kind of a thought that you said how, like, we have this insatiable need to know. So, and it seems like that need comes from being unfulfilled, right? Basically. Well, it, 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 it comes from being unfulfilled, from not knowing yourself, from being a slave to your intellect. Right, so you're constantly, like, having this need to know everything, get a grip on everything. And then that's why the... Gopis or the Rashi don't need to know because they're examples. They don't know. Right. They completely fulfill. Or so it appears they don't know. Mm-hmm. But when we look under under the cover, we find actually they know a lot. Mm-hmm. Hmm? We find in their simple statements of glorification of Krishna that they haven't said everything about Dharma, Gyan, and mm-hmm. there's nothing they're, they're lacking. Yeah. So knowing by not knowing, by not trying. Mm. Knowing by loving, yeah. Put the intellect in place, do sadhana, mm. and know in a way that you could not have otherwise. You see how yeah, it's very goes against the grain of our material life. How much do you, you know? If I tell you, control your senses, control your mind, control your intellect. Yeah, this this is a more subtle, so it seems closer to the soul. Hmm. So that intellect is, if that's why people with a big intellect watch out. You know, they really need to be hammered. Hmm. You, can't, you can't think your way there, so to speak. Hmm. You can think your way out of it. If you, if you try to go there by intellect alone, then you, you'll think your way out of it. Hmm. It, won't, it won't answer to intellect. It will not. Hmm. No, it won't show up in the court of intellect whether God exists or not. Just thumbs his nose at that court. <laughs> I'm not showing up. Find me 
find me, you know, guilty of not existing. Go ahead. Whatever. Yes. Maharaj, what's the connection between um, intellect and ego or false ego? Intellect is a product of false ego in conjunction with the mode of passion. It's born of that, so to speak. Mind is a product of ego in conjunction with mode of goodness. Senses are a product of ego in conjunction with uh, Thomas. So it's part of our constitution. Ego is the basic kind of identification with matter that gets us involved, like consciousness touches matter and then makes a big splash and you identify with the splash and there you are. And then you get covered by intellect, by mind, by senses and and so forth and by how you use them or how they use you. So, but by using the body, the mind, and the intellect in bhakti, then then what happens is that that false identity has no scope. It has no. It cannot. It cannot exist. We're using. We're being used by the body, mind, and senses. If we, if bhakti uses our body, mind, and senses then where's the enjoying spirit that the ego is kind of constituted of? It has no no room to exist. Rather, what happens is you can have a vision of God, the spurti of God, by, by changing the ego to a serving ego. <laughs> so, these are the Covering, so to speak, and these these things are the way in which through which the that false enjoying identity seeks to seeks to thrive. Think of the ego as a as a as a as a penchant for for enjoying, for controlling, for for being in charge. And then these are the instruments, mind, intellect, senses, by which we try to do that. If we cut them off. Don't give them this opportunity to do that, but rather have them engaged by bhakti. Then where is this? There is no false ego. You, you're said and done, but that's the task. So, all right, we'll stop there. Grantara Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Oh, Premanandi.